Hello, welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host, Anthony Pavlich. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit. Um, thank you for returning and listening. And yeah, today um, it's going to be pretty pretty nice and chill. I'm just going to talk about um, specifically a writer's summit virtually that I attended. Um, probably about, I think it might have been a couple of weeks ago now. Um, and yeah, before I dig into that, um, definitely just want to take a moment to let you know about the other great shows that are available at the Ruminations Radio Network. Um, go ahead and visit us at uh, ruminationsradionetwork.com for uh, additional great shows such as Retro Futurist Culture and Cinephile Hissy Fit, along with uh, Ruminations of Red Rum. Um, some great shows, a lot of great content. Um, the hosts there are fantastic, great guests, great um topics and some uh some antics may ensue as well <laughs> but um take take a look um i'm sure you'll find some some wonderful things to get you through your day either you commute or you know if you're working out or if you're just you know you're lounging and you need something to listen to uh go ahead and take a look at the uh offerings from the ruminations radio network um Thanks again for joining me. Um, I know it's been a little bit since uh, we've last um, spoken. Um, but yeah, I so ScreenCraft um, is an organization that um, really connects writers with essentially support. And they do this through their um, talent discovery programs. They do it through career consulting, They um, along with events and other uh, educational resources. And it's basically basically just a way to connect writers to um, just resources that can help them, you know, either get their work um, um, solidified or connect them with, you know, um, people that might help them take it to the next level. Um, so I I kind of heard about them, but really was um, they had this event coming up because. Uh, my friend, um, who has been on the show, uh, you might remember Scott, he um, submitted a, because they have competitions as well, um, so he submitted uh, one of his uh, pilot uh, scripts to uh, a competition, and he had heard about this event, Writer's Summit, that they were putting on, um, and it was great because it was kind of a pay-what-you-can event, which was really, uh, really cool, and a lot of great guests and so he forwarded that information to me signed up for it and what was great too is it was kind of um since it was virtual you know i could kind of take it you know i could be there live for some of the presentations or you know if i missed any i could watch it on the replay um and they had great guests they had um top tier people uh people that are uh, very award-winning you know, in, and also very accomplished, um, professionals in the, in the field of, uh, filmmaking and, and, um, writing. Um, so they had, um, people such as Colin Trevorrow, who, um, obviously has, um, had great success with the Jurassic world, um, franchise, uh, Sophia Coppola, uh, a ta- amazing, talented, award-winning, uh, filmmaker and writer. Um, another filmmaker, producer, Adam Arkin, um, the great Spike Jones, uh, comic genius Michael Schur, uh, Joby Harold, who uh, recently you might know from writing the um, the Disney Star Wars uh, Obi Wan series that just wrapped up, 
and then uh, showrunner Derek Haas, um, who does a lot of the um, Chicago PD and um, also uh, FBI um, International, I believe, was one of the ones he was currently working on. Um, so it was a great collection of people um, that just you were able to kind of uh, the moderators were able to pick their brains, ask some really great questions, kind of get a peek behind not only their process, but, you know, a little bit of their background and how they came up, um, some of the things that they might have ran into with uh, challenges or obstacles, dealing with some of the great work that they've um, completed and worked on over the years. And it was it was really, really cool, very interesting. What was really nice about it, too, is that it, I have to say a lot of the same key points keep coming up, which is a great thing. Because it not only shows that there's a commonality with how accomplished writers and creators do things and how they're able to do such great things, but also it makes it less daunting in the sense, you know, because everybody feels like there's some sort of great secret about what what anybody does, you know, if they're uh, successful or just an expert in their field, that there's this great mystery about how they do things. And really a lot of times that, that mystery gets demystified when you are able to sit down with somebody and really kind of have a, 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 you know, a long, deep conversation about their process, their experience, their background. And it really, it's, it, it's not that hard and not, not, going through that process but what what it actually takes to get there isn't as uh daunting as as one might think um so it was just nice to 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 once again have it validated that a lot of the and all these amazing people have the same sort of challenges the same sort of fears the same sort of feelings of you know um Anything, any, any feelings of, of doubt or worry, they, they all have them. And it's just the only thing that really separates them from, you know, any other aspiring writer or filmmaker or creative is that they just keep pushing through that. Um, they keep working on the work. And that's, that's the big secret is they just, they continue to work. They continue to, um, develop and grow and just want to improve, want to get better, learn from their mistakes, but they just, they just keep working. Um, that's really just, that's really the big secret. Um, so maybe you just go through like some of the, some of the, uh, takeaways from, you know, some of these, um, great, um, artists. Um, it was great too, cause Michael Schur, we, uh, my wife and I have been watching um, a lot of, well, I mean, we've watched a lot of his shows, but it's cool too, because we gravitate towards going back to rewatching all other shows, you know? And I mean, it's just his, his, his list of works is just, it's fantastic. You know, you've got obviously the uh, Parks and Rec, um, The Good Place, The Office. Um, it's just, you know, everything he does has a very, um, heartfelt genuine 
uh, quality and enthusiasm about it. And they're just, you know, lovable characters. And one of the things that he, he kind of keyed in on, or at least one of the things that I took away from it was that him and the other writers and his mentors, they all really paid attention to the character's backstory and how that really shapes the characters, how it really defines them, but it also allows them to be very relatable to other people and why his characters probably have been so enduring and so lasting and so profound to audiences that really love the shows. Um, because the you as an audience member, as a viewer, we pick up on that. You know, it again, it's not something that has to be explicitly stated it doesn't have to be something that um necessarily has to even has to be a big thing you know it, it's even the smallest details can lead to these great developments of these characters and therefore uh great comedy um and, and for some strange interesting reason and way the audience just picks up on it instinctually and we just intuitively know it uh, we feel it. We just we have a. Uh, it, it creates a deeper connection with us. So it was really interesting how because it was really cool because he talked about a specific experience about in one of the episodes um, in the office they were having uh, discussions about um, Angela's character and it was during the Secret Santa um, episode and at one point Michael had written out a, a different gift that um, she'd gotten. And then it turned it into like this, you know, hours long discussion over this one point when they really got into it, they were able to uncover and then come up with an idea that really solidified not only the character, but it added that element of the her backstory that really catapulted not only that episode or that specific scene, but he said too, it actually created a whole new episode out of that one thing that ended up kind of making a life on its own. And that's where it was really the idea of when she um, gets the gift of um, the babies being dressed up <laughs> as like, as real people <laughs> that it, that is where that dis whole discussion germinated that, um, that very, uh, very f uh, funny and endearing um back detail of her backstory and so that it was just really great to 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 see is that really uh, small details really do add more we just not be as dismissive so quickly dismissive of those details um don't sweep it on the rug but really uh, analyze really analyze it and put some effort into seeing if that's could add to their journey and add to their um their development so it was it was really really cool he he was a great um great person uh listen to and just uh hearing about his days at snl um i had not really realized that he he used to be a writer on there and just kind of just how he got to where he got to and again it was just just that whole thing where just you know just the work speaks for itself and you just focus on the work, you concentrate on the work and everything else will take care of itself. Colin Trevorrow, obviously coming off huge success with the uh, Jurassic world franchise franchise. Um, and you know, when you think about it, it's really <laughs> big shoes to fill, you know, um, coming from a legendary director like Steven Spielberg. So 
it was very interesting to hear about his his journey and then his his thoughts and 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 ideas or his thoughts and um perspective on uh crafting and writing and how um you know he really reinvented that story you know for a, a new a new audience and one of the things that was really cool about his, his takeaway um was that he focused on um he made this really interesting parallel um connected this commonality between filmmakers and chefs and he said that they have a lot in common because we by the time a dish goes out like in a very you know upscale restaurant um so many people have been actually part of that process you know so many uh, so many people have contributed to that that meal and so when it makes to the table it's already gone through such preparation and such um construction that it really is a truly collaborative process and that's what he likened it to filmmaking is that there's so many people that are coming together and collaborating uh, to create something that they're trying to move the audience, trying to inspire them, trying to just give them something that they've never seen before. Um, and then he also, too, talked about how you can leverage that in the sense of you're giving somebody you know, maybe something they've never seen before or something new, something um, intense, something epic, something maybe challenging. Um, and then, you know, coming in with a very familiar uh, uh, taste to give them or a familiar, um, almost like a, uh, like a, a dessert uh, that's very comfortable, familiar to them to, um, you know, let them really make that make that experience more enjoyable and palatable for them. You know, if you're if you're trying to really challenge them with something that they've not expecting or haven't seen before. Um, so yeah, he, he was really really interesting hearing him talk about that dynamic of trying to excite and push the audience and surprise them in in, in ways, but also let them feel comforted by something that they you know might that may feel familiar to them and help them stay connected with that uh that experience um so balancing basically balancing out the 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 new but i really like the the aspect of of and we talked about the collaboration how it really is so many talented people are coming together to really produce something um and even if you are a writer just you know if you are a writer and you're just you by yourself you know to get it from the page onto the screen or into whatever form that you're trying to to um, produce it in, it's still there's still a lot of people that uh, will help and support that that um, that production. Um, let's see another person, Joby Harold was uh, was really cool because he's he's done a lot of I didn't realize really realize how much film background that he he's had with his uh, his writing. Um, I mean, I completely forgot that he did uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which was f fantastic. I love that movie. And I think if I remember uh, the rumination show Ret Retro Futurist Culture did a um, did an episode on Edge of Tomorrow and 
fantastic episode and it's a great movie and just it was really interesting hearing his perspective on yeah how different it is writing for film and especially you know some of the big blockbusters that he's done um he was also um if i'm recalling correctly he was involved with uh, john wick i think the second one and king arthur legend of the sword and just these huge huge movies and just how that experience can be so much more different than writing for other mediums, especially for some of these big blockbusters. And it's kind of some of the stuff that I've heard before with other writers and other stories that I've gotten from industry professionals that it's, you know, I talk about being um, a completely different field with so many people uh, involved. And also too, when you're the types of budgets that some of these films are, are, are being produced with as how many people come in and actually work on a script for a film of, of that size and how a lot of times you might, even if you have a great draft or you have a great script, um, that it could be very different from the finished product, you know, because there might be uh, re rewrites on it. There might be other people brought in to rewrite it. There might be, you might be, you know, let go and somebody else might come in. And so it's just, or you might be the person coming in for somebody else or a few other writers that have already taken a crack at it. So it's very interesting to hear his perspective on that process and how that can be uh, a very uh, tough act to to juggle and to balance because, you know, there's also so many other people that are involved in the process that, you know, the, the producers have notes, the directors obviously has a vision and trying to find that, that balance of, you know, making the, 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 the adjustments and making sure that the story uh, speaks um, as well as it can, but also to you know, trying to navigate or manage the expectations of the other creative people involved and the other non-creative people involved. So it was very, very interesting. And then obviously he worked on the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show and, you know, just how his experience with that, you know, it was very interesting writing for television and just the, also to, again, another huge, huge uh, franchise and just his, his, and it was interesting too because he talked about um, about uh, he really focuses on outlining, and he usually has these you know very large outlines before he even does a draft. And um, he, <laughs> I think one of the things he said it was really interesting because he feels like sometimes his drafts are so or his outlines are so large that he feels like a lot of times he's just going to just f- format the outline into the draft. <laughs> Um, but he, he says that really doesn't tend to be the case because, um, it just, it just really comes down to seeing the, the story in your mind and just writing it as you see it, you know, and then, uh, thinking what he, he sees it too, as he thinks about it, he, he goes at it at that perspective where he's watching as the viewer, you know, and he's trying to find those rhythms and those uh, uh, the, the engine of what he calls the, uh, the non-separation of uh, theme, character, and structure that 
you you don't separate it for him it's like it's it's all part of the same the same uh um substance and that if you're not if you're not uh, having a healthy dialogue between each then you know it's it's not working something's off and so that's that's how he approaches it so and again it was really nice you know he he's writing it as the like he's consciously thinking about the experience of of the viewer so and he wants them to feel uh, a, a great experience of whether they're watching the you know the 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 show or the movie and so he's he's considering that when he's going through his process of writing so it was really great it was really nice to hear f- from again these 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 kind of these again the perspectives on how they view it the the writing process and how they construct their 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 scripts and yeah it's just it, it's fascinating stuff and it's interesting too cuz um it kind of goes into the next person I was going to kind of reference was Spike Jones and <laughs> Spike Jones. Every time I see Spike Jones, he always looks so different than how I picture him in his mind, my mind. And every time I see him, it's like, he looks so different than, than any time that I have him pictured in my head. And he's almost got like a, um, uh, a little bit of a Woody Allen uh, a feel to him and is just kind of his, uh, his, his, his mannerisms maybe in his demeanor, but he's, he's obviously a, a phenomenal director and, you know, writer. And it was very interesting um, hearing him because they, they kind of keyed in a little bit on his um, uh, script that he wrote, uh, the screenplay from her, uh, which, you know, won an Oscar for, uh, best original uh, screenplay, and yeah, he he really was keen in on the fact that he wants he always focuses on his works to be coming from the characters, and he he wants it to feel like it's being told by the characters, that it's not and not the filmmaker, and that it's really being driven by what the characters wanted and needed. It was interesting hearing his perspective on that, but also to like how that even when he was working, it was interesting because he 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 talked about how he took the screenplay to you know to um, Joaquin Phoenix, and really they just sat down and Joaquin Phoenix was like reading it, and they're basically going over it, and he talked about how Joaquin had such this beautiful sense of being able to sniff out what what Spike Jones called like his what he thought as dishonesty in the script and not dishonest where he was being disingenuous but the fact that he was saying that he knew that oh that's where I made uh what he called a cheat uh meaning that maybe he didn't flush something out or he might have known that it wasn't as um flushed a stable or as um complete or as you know um developed as it could have been but he might have like cheated a little bit with you know making it um kind of just fit or kind of like that thing where you know you do work but you know it's not the best version of the work that you could probably do but you just know it just to kind of get by and like ah it's good enough 
And he said that Joaquin just had this this like sense of he would because he was trying to connect it from the character's point of view and objective and it wasn't it was there was like a didn't feel complete and that's i think that was one of the things he was trying to to correlate it to is that um, understanding this difference between that's why he felt like he wanted everything to come from his characters is that understand the difference between the character's object objective and the writer's objective so and i think that's what he was meaning when he was saying like he felt dishonest or cheating in the sense that he wasn't it wasn't that he was looking at it from the character's objective but he was work, looking at it from a writer's objective just to maybe bridge uh the narrative or the connect the scene the connecting scenes um as a ways to get to them as opposed to whether it made sense to the character or not so i think that was the takeaway he was saying is that you know sometimes we as writers need to step away and not so much look at what the we as the writer want but what is the character's wants and needs and when and, and i think too is like it because something that's not always easy and maybe i think also too why he said it felt like cheating because it it kept from him from doing the harder work of trying to shape the story around them as opposed to it just being um something that is just serving the writer's needs instead of the character's needs and it really is because when you really think and i mean i kind of resonated that with a lot because i constantly think about that with with my writing and i struggle with it a lot a lot and i think i struggled why i've had hard times really really completing a lot of stuff is because i'm so wrapped up in that i i i'm struggling with the writer's objective and the character's objective and i really want the characters to feel authentic and real and it's 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 fucking difficult and i think that's probably why i'm very critical of other uh works when i feel that that cheating is happening because uh, i feel like it's it's just a plot it's it's something that might be just used as a plot point you know or moving the plot as opposed to it being really connected to what the character really needs or what the character really is it's an obstacle for the character so i just i found it very fascinating and it made me feel a little bit better that i i didn't feel as crazy as that yeah it's fucking hard to because you're building a completely new you're complete you're you're building a complete world and you're having to think about so many different things and while trying to to fit all these expectations of you know not not only technical expectations but just you know maybe formula expectations but just writing expectations just if it's like good or not you know you're 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 wanting to move people you're wanting to to, for people to experience something to to take away something to have a message to impart something or to have something people think about something um grapple with something and it's really difficult to do that to to create a whole world and a whole story and make-believe and have characters that can be relatable and that feel authentic and that feel fresh when so many stories have been made and it's you're kind of treading the same ground and in in the sense and yeah it's it's just wow it's 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 unbelievable 
there was another the showrunner Derek has um uh, again showrunner ex- executive producer for shows like FBI International and Chicago Fire it's got a lot of experience in uh television show uh, television shows and yeah it was just he was I, somebody I didn't really know about um haven't really watched his shows but just really great perspective I really liked his point about that because he talked about the first 15 pages of the script um, because they're the most important because they they really are the introduction to not only the show, but he was really showing it to like to you, you know, it's like the first 15 pages really kind of showcase you. Um, And you kind of can see that if you, if you look at some of these, you know, established writers, you get, you can get that sense. If you read the first 15 pages of a Spike Jones uh, work or Sophia Coppola um, or even Michael Schur, you, you can very quickly pick up on, on them. And so it was really kind of cool to hear him talk about that and, and how it's too easy to, to get wrapped up in sometimes, because a lot of times there's been a lot of advice to say that you got to write something that's hot or something that's, that people are interested, like all the people are interested in, you know, that's, that's, you know, like right now, Taylor um, Sheridan is like extremely hot right now in terms of his work. And now you're going to see this plethora of, of Western shows come out. Um, And I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are writing Western pilots right now um, because that's what they feel that the industry is, is leaning towards or expects. But he was really saying that it's it's hard if you're not passionate about that because it's going to come off fake. It's going to come off. It's just going to come off as just maybe not the best, you know. So he's really he's really kind of asking the question of of just really sit with yourself and ask: Is this my best, or am I just writing something that I think the market might like? You know, really dig in about what it is that what stories do you really want to tell and don't get hung up on whether it's going to be the right time or whether anybody's going to like it. If, if it's your best, then let that show, let that out and let that be as clear as possible in in what you're doing. So I thought that was really cool because, again, like I said, it's really easy to fall into that trap of I got to break in. The only way I can break in is if I write something. It's kind of like the whole thing with with acting, too. It's these people sometimes will say, well, you got to before you can be established, you got to you got to you got to find your niche roles. You know, you got to you gotta play out those niche roles a little bit and then you can branch out and you can broaden out. And it is a little bit tougher with actors because we're so relying on, you know, other people for, for work. But with a writer, you know, it's, it starts with you. It starts with what's on the page. So give it your best and don't, don't be so worried about whether it's going to be accepted or what it's going to be like, because if, if it's the best that you can do, then it will find an audience. Sophia Coppola, um, this, it's always great listening to Sophia Coppola. She's just amazing, phenomenal. 
just her stuff is just, just fantastic and just she's she's a great filmmaker it's just man yeah it's just i can't say any more great things about her it's just it was really nice to hear her and really just it was it's so great too because it's like again it's the whole thing about not that they aren't confident but it's more like all these creators they have the same sort of sort of feelings and and thoughts and you know, like she talked about facing her fear, her fears, you know, in her work. And she said, you know, that it's always scary. And then she keeps, you know, just remembering the the thought that somebody told her, uh, the saying that somebody told her that it's not worth doing if it's not scary. So she just remembers that and just continues to challenge herself and that that's that's the point of facing your fears and that you're hopefully you're doing something that you haven't done before and that it's if if you're constantly doing that then more than likely you are going to do something you haven't done before and because she has the same fear the fears of you know she's treading the same water she's going over the same sort of new territory but she keeps remembering that that a lot of artists we do we do do the same story over and over but in different ways and it's just kind of a process of us figuring our own some whatever it is that we're trying to figure out and that's why we're saying we're talking about the same story but how she was just saying you really have to listen to that 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 voice inside of you and that instinct and you know the gut feeling that you have that you have to be really able to 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 listen to that if it's something that you feel that you you know, you shouldn't be doing. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, it was great. You know, just, just don't be shy about writing the things that, that, you know, cause that fear in us, but then also use it as a roadmap, you know, to use it as a guide, um, to, to that, that voice and that feeling in our gut and to, to trust it because there, there might be something very profound and powerful in that, in that voice and that message. And, and to feel that it's it's not something to be so fearful of, of but it, it, it's actually it's probably bringing us to something that will bring us a lot of um, a lot of I guess the thing a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for bring us a lot of rewards you know a lot of growth I think those are a lot of the takeaways that oh there was um. Emily Gordon, she had a great um, talk. It was great listening to her. She she was basically co- she co-wrote it in the um, the feature film, The Big uh, Sick, um, with Kumal Nanjani, um, which was nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. And then she's uh, written for you know television shows such as Crashing and Little America. I really liked hers because. She talked about this, and I, it's, it was great because it keyed in a lot about what some of the points that I brought up in, in, in previous episodes is that being more productive sometimes means being more restrictive, and that we, we, it's okay to put boundaries on this, on this work, on any work you do, you know, like making sure you take breaks for lunch, not working on weekends. Um, restricting you know she talked about how she restricted her work hours 
and it allowed her to be more productive and go deeper into her critical space. And that the boundaries actually weren't restricting her, but it actually freed her in a very interesting way. That because again, it goes to this thing. It's like it, it goes into that thing that we were talking about with the, the discipline versus motivation. Is that exerting a little bit of structure and boundary can actually help rein in the creativity? Because she, it was great. She said it's not, it's not some magical thing that just comes to us, you know, from on high. And that, you know, a lot of writers, I've struggled with this personally a lot, is that, oh, I can't write. I'm just not feeling it. So I, I just can't do anything. But we can train ourselves to come when we call to it. it yeah, it's very interesting. It wasn't like a... Um, it's kind of like, again, it's like training our, our, our ability to be present for creativity and working through the times when it's elusive or it's not as, it's not as accessible or it feels not as uh, connected to it. So it really talked about, she talked about adding discipline around our creativity and our, 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 our creative work and know that if we continue to practice this, it's just like anything else. Practice is a training, just like with you do with exercise, with you do with anything. If you practice, the more proficient you can be at whatever it is that you're practicing at. And if we practice that discipline, the better you get at accessing your creative self. And so just very, very, I, I thought it was just like a beautiful cap on, on just the entire summit. And just, again, it was just so resonating with me so much because of what we've talked about, what I've really been drawn to, what's resonating with me, especially with the discipline, the motivation, uh, the habits, trying to add more discipline to, to my environment and to my creative work. And it just was really cool to, to, to hear from somebody who not only understood that, that struggle and that challenge as well, but also had a very practical way of constructing that discipline or, or helping to guide that environment to create an environment, to, to, to guide that environment, to allow the structure to be in place to do that. And just, Man, just again, very, very inspiring, very profound, very just, just lovely. <laughs> just, I love just hearing from great, just smart, intelligent, authentic people. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really again. I, I, I just go back to it's just very nice to. It makes you feel, just makes you feel a little bit less crazed, a little bit more. It feels a lot less daunting, and it feels just—it's just—it feels more accessible. It feels like a great, um, great. Yeah, I'm just—I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm, I'm struggling to find words. Um, so, all in all, very successful summit. Very wonderful time. Uh, it's great too. I'm going to try and replay or you know review some of the replays on those because again like you know just going through the emily gordon one i was like now i'm remembering some of the more of the stuff she talked about i was like man i really need to rewatch that one again because it was so good and you know 
I probably need to have that just on repeat and like put some of her key phrases out and just because yeah, I felt like hers out of all of them, I felt I felt I got a lot from everybody, but for hers, it was just it kind of hit the most for me because I think of just how relatable it felt for what I'm dealing with right now. So thank you so much. Um, definitely check out ScreenCraft. Um, I will put their link in the show notes and got a lot of great resources. Definitely be on the lookout for any more events that they put on. Um, I think it's great too, is I think they put up a write-up. Um, I reviewed it too, because uh, I felt like some of the, a lot of the takeaways were very similar to what um, they posted. So it was um, just fantastic. I feel like I got a lot out of it. So definitely check them out. Uh, thank you once again for you know taking the time to, to listen. Uh, appreciate you joining me. Um, please take this moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at Tony's Tall Tales. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and then please visit us at ruminationsradionetwork.com for all the other great shows that I talked about. And if you have any burning questions, <laughs> passionate feedback, please drop us a line at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. Until then, have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Cheers.